76 of the plus one player podcast i am one of your hosts steve and as always i am joined by the lore connoisseur himself matt martinez hello hello to episode 76 yes hello to the episode not to your co-host not to the listeners just hello to the episode to the episode <laughs> is that a chardonnay yes it's a little bit of a heavy pour because i had to finish the bottle Ooh, well you know hand. you gotta do what you gotta do and we are joined this week by the man who always has the high ground, Matt O'Neill. Hello, Matt. Well, the sun is shining on you today. It, you look great. It is wow. only on half of me, though. <laughs> Just half. The other half lies in darkness. You ever see that photo of like the older truck driver who uh, the sun has always been hitting one side of his yes. face, so it's like very wrinkled, and the other side oh, isn't? Oh, I've seen that. I have not seen that photo. That sounds like... That's why is you that going to be me in... 30 years and we're still yeah. doing this especially if this podcast goes a little long you might get a little wrinkly <laughs> just on the right side of your face, though. <laughs> so how are you guys doing i'm doing all right steve uh you know dealing with the the weather taking a turn around yes and <laughs> spring days are spring here. is upon us it's good to be back it's good to be back <laughs> You see, he, he brings the, the last small sunshine conversation ever. Weather is taking a real turnaround. I work at a bank, like and this is all I hear all day. Yes, it's so, like a news intro. I can relate to, to that. Though. Over to Matt for the uh, weather. I can I can relate to that because at one one point in my office life, I had a water cooler conversation about mm. water coolers, and it was. Easily the lowest point of my life. I uh, That's a low point. It was a low point. I started going to a different water cooler just so I wouldn't run into that person again. How are you doing, Matt Martinez? Don't say my last name on television. <laughs> I literally introduced you as that when we started the whole thing. Damn it. <laughs> I'm doing well. Let's see. What have I done? I talked to some candidates today. Nice. That was nice. Did some clerical work. Any of them have funny names? No. No, oh, wow, I don't believe that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I feel like you don't don't want to admit that on here. I did talk to a person that tried to explain GDC to me. I was like, excuse me. Have you heard of the Look Me Up? Podcast? Have you looked me up? Because <laughs> yeah. you can easily find my Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And you'd know that we are <laughs> but don't look at it now because i talk about you we are voice leaders in the space voice leaders voice that's leader. our new thing <laughs> oh and the star wars trailer i think oh, that, that came out between of, last episode and this episode come out star wars oh, celebration sh- was uh was a good time feeling hot that's a, yeah that's a, pop, a lot of good things podcast episode there yes for mm. sure Speaking of that, go check that out on our YouTube channel. <laughs> Stop, pop, and roll. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, how are you? I'm doing well. We uh, got Friday off, so we got a nice little three-day weekend coming. We got Days Gone coming out next week. We got The Avengers coming out next week. I am so stoked. I get a lot of energy, and because next weekend as well, I'm going away to uh, Burlington, Vermont for my buddy's bachelor party, so it should be a good time. I love Vermont. Yeah, we're, we're going to have a good time, but it's a few of us. we got an Airbnb, so we're going to go out to the, the downtown Burlington area and just see its scenic beauty the event, through wait, the eyes does... of drunk goggles. Oh, 
The Avengers movie comes out? It comes out uh, next April week, right? 26th, but I'm going uh, to see it the 25th because of how they do the night before stuff. But I'm seeing it April 25th. Very excited. Me and my longtime friend, uh, we grew up together, and we're, we're going to see the movie together. It's going to be a good time. I haven't seen him in a while, Aww. too. So it's going to be a, a cool little reunion. We're nice. going to go get some food, watch the Avengers kick Thanos's ass, and, and have a, have go a inside of it. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> And so you'll notice, though, that Manny is not with us, and it's because yep. winter came, and uh, he was so hanging out. He was <laughs> hanging out with the Umber Boy. Didn't work out so well. We all saw. Oh, oh no! Oh, he's one so, of legs. Yeah, he's one Ew. of the legs. He had a, if you notice, he had a quick cameo. It was actually his left foot in the the, the shot. Mm. So shout out, Manny. We miss you. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you again in the Night King's army. But with lovely that, quads, we do have to keep the house clean because there are <laughs> limbs everywhere. There were just some limbs that weren't good enough for the mural, so the Night King just kind of tossed them around. So please follow us on social media. We are at Plus One Player on Twitter and Instagram, and that's at Plus the Number One Player. And you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash Plus One Player. So go check out all of the social media sites so you can stay up to date on what's going on on the website, which of course is Plus One Player.com. So there you can go check out all of our articles, all of our podcast episodes, as well as links to our YouTube channel, our Twitch, which is Twitch.tv/slash Plus One Player. We stream nearly every night of the week. So go check us out there, and you can also find links to our Discord. Come on and join the community. We have a great group of folks having awesome conversations all day and all night. We'd love it if you are part of that group, unless, of course, you're racist, in which case you can go be one of the limbs on the last hearth's wall surrounding the creepy, screaming dead boy. Mm. And that's what I think of that. Strong. And after all that, if you've enjoyed our content, if you've enjoyed hanging out in the Discord community, think of heading on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. And if you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two because every single dollar you give us will go right back to the show to make it the best podcast it could possibly be. We have a great group of supporters and we'd love it if you would join that awesome group. And of course, can't finish up housekeeping without mentioning the biggest Patreon supporter. And that's the sponsor of the show, Nerdiest Brands. But of course, I'll tell you about that before the topic of the show. And with that, the house is clean. Episode 76. We're cruising, getting one cruising. one step closer to the big hundo where maybe we'll do something big cool. hundo. Maybe not. We'll find out. Tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week. And the week after that and, and all the 33 subsequent weeks. <laughs> until 100. <laughs> but episode 76, we do have some fun things planned. There was a big news week you know some new consoles very big we got it we, we got to talk about it we got it we got to talk about it and we got some fun planned we have a new game we're going to try in the first segment so matt episode 76 what are we doing well like you said we are playing a newly invented game first time on the internet never before seen it's called five million dollar idea as you know if you've been listening to the show for a while we've had many good ideas Ideas that would bring in a lot of money to any developer that took them up, which offer still stands. $5 million for each idea. And for this, we are... So we put out a prompt to Twitter asking for people to give us one line. We're going to build a video game around that sentence. So we're going to start off with $5 million idea. Then we're going to move on to the topic of the pod which, as Steve briefly mentioned, it has been a big news week for consoles. Uh, we did a, you know, what's in store for next-gen uh, episode a while back, so we're going to revisit that. 
and discuss what's actually in store for next gen, what we've learned, uh, what we're interested about, what we're questioning. Um, and so we'll talk about that during the topic of the show. And then we're going to end off with another session of Indie Spotlight, where we're going to talk about some of the indie games that we've been playing and that we think you should probably play too. Mm. And so that's that. That's the overview. It's a good overview. Thanks. So why don't we move into $5 million idea? Steve, I think you want to read off all the responses we've gotten, right? Yes, we did get a good handful of some interesting responses for sure. So I'm going to read through them. And then what we're going to do is we're going to pick the one that we want to come up with the game with uh, for, excuse me, the most. So the first one, this one is actually from our good friend Javi, who is the gentleman behind Nerdiest Brands. So he threw out, everybody poops. <laughs> Just that. I think there's I think there's some potential there. There is potential. Our good friend Carlos Fontes said to us a multiplayer online game involving stealing artifacts from booby trapped tombs and evading other players slash stealing their loot and then getting your artifacts airlifted away. Kind of sounds like a multiplayer Tomb Raider almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Paul Schofield, this one is really fucking funny. <laughs> Death Stranding, but starring Jeff Goldblum and set in the Amish community. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. Oh, interesting. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. This one's from Liz, who is a great member of the Discord. She says, you're a hot dog and need to choose your toppings wisely or else you may or may not get considered to be accepted in Sandwich University. And then in parentheses, therefore never truly being a sandwich. What will you do? And then our good friend Evil Tim, another sponsor of the, of the uh, Indie Spotlight Patch Notes <laughs> yes. segments, Evil Tim Industries. He tweeted us a gift that's just bees. <laughs> it's Oprah releasing bees into a Oprah. screaming crowd. Okay. There's a little bit more to it. And so we have a couple others. We have a couple others. Two more. And so this is from the Discord community. So this is Rianne. She says just this phrase, the dog is missing. It sounds like this might be the same guy from whose shoes are these. Hmm. So those were all of them. So thank you guys all for reaching out to us. So now we have uh, the tough task of picking one. Yes. So we have to pick one and then we have to build a game. Yes. Just from that phrase. Yes. Create a $5 million idea. I, so as much as I love the the gif of Oprah releasing the bees, I do want to say bee simulators are already a thing, and it's basically mm. taking the life of a bee. So if we do pick that one, we'd have to do something drastically different than you know being That's a bee. That's true. Are Oprah simulators a thing? <laughs> it can be an Oprah simulator. <laughs> <laughs> we can see through the gif. <laughs> I like more open-ended ones. Okay. So that my creative juices can really flow. There, you're all about flowing juices. So either I would lean, and this is just me personally, you can disagree. I would either lean, everybody poops, <laughs> the, the dog is missing, or uh, Death Stranding, Jeff Goldblum, Amish Country. I'm, I'm, I gotta tell you, I am so into Jeff Goldblum, I, Death Stranding. That is by far my, <laughs> my top okay. pick. So can you read the prompt again, and who is it from? So this is Paul Schofield. He is at Schofie27 on Twitter. He says, Death Stranding, but starring Jeff Goldblum and set in the Amish community. So okay. this is kind of tough, because we already don't really know much about Death Stranding, other than, you know... Well, this is it's a completely different game. 
So the title just happens to also be Death Stranding. Okay, it's gonna be a separate game. <laughs> okay. So title says Stranding. Jeff Goldblum was motion capped for this game. He's just motion capped in that pose where he's like pointing and then putting his hand on his his bottom his bottom lips. Yeah. Very very that's, interesting. That's oh. that's oh that's nice. Uh, that it uh it finds a way. <laughs> he has to say that at some point in the game. Yeah, there's uh, death at finds least a way. ten. Dra- oh, death finds a way. <gasps> That's the tagline. Oh, death death stranding. Death, death dot, finds dot, a way. Uh, finds a way. <laughs> Interesting. So he has been kidnapped by the Amish. Okay, that is how the game starts. And why are they kidnapping him? What is his? What What is he? You know, he was oh. taking pictures in front of uh, them building a barn. And they didn't want their souls to be taken, yeah. so they had to confiscate because, the camera. Because they, this this particular Amish family he was taking pictures of are actually from the future. Ooh. And they've hidden themselves in the Amish community because nobody would suspect that, you know, this super uh, highly technologically advanced beings would you know be hiding amongst the amish Mm, okay so we got a little premise here yeah so why is he taking photographs of him what like what led him to that position oh you know he saw a bar and he thought it was interesting (laughs) that's that's the reason he would give (laughs) i really i needed it Mm. for my collection of of barn photos it looked looked so quaint i had to i had to take a picture of it yeah so he's like an artist and a photographer but the friend he's with is believes in ancient aliens. Okay. They're a uh, conspiracy theorist who he thinks is crazy, but not weird conspiracies, like alien ones. So who? <laughs> no, not weird. Okay, who would be a good co-star then? We I feel like we gotta surround to him Jeff with Goldblum. A, yeah, I'm thinking for a conspiracy theorist sidekick uh, that would equal Jeff Goldblum's status. I'm thinking Polly Shore. <gasps> Oh, when was the last time you saw Paulie Shore? Oh, that's why I'm that's why I'm choosing him. (laughs) Are we just gonna like rip lines from like other Paulie Shore movies and just use that to fill in the dialogue? So he dies very early on. Okay. (laughs) He actually, after Jeff Goldblum takes the photo, Paulie Shore is killed by a, a laser beam laser beam and so wait a minute wait. jeff goldblum is kidnapped and and hid it under the barn because now he's seen if the these, technology yeah so did they yeah. shoot him in the barn i feel like we need to clarify this because i feel like if they're just shooting lasers willy-nilly in amish country it's gonna cause a scene well no they yeah they bring him into the barn okay they say like All right. yeah okay. like, oh jeff we want to give you want to see the furniture that we made a complimentary uh, non-electric fireplace and then, boom, laser beam. To be similar to Death Stranding, Jeff Goldblum is now basically their prisoner. Like Similar to how he's stuck in a purgatory situation going on, it looks like, in Death Stranding. We don't really know. And then the, the Amish aliens, they use him to run their errands. So he has to deliver things. <laughs> Just like in Death Stranding. <laughs> does, but they've and they've taken his camera, which he needs, because he is obsessive over, like remembering things okay so that's gonna be a gameplay sort of point 
is you find your yeah. camera and you have to take pictures of, oh. of like specific things and yes. areas. Yes. Like so let's do a little mechanics here. Okay. We've done. We've set up a little bit of a story. We have. So first person. Are we doing first person or we're I, doing? I would say third person. If if we're like over have, the shoulder. If we're having Jeff Goldblum mo-capped. You're damn right That's we're true. doing third person. It shouldn't really be first it's person. True, but I'm just imagining getting him mo for the entire thing and then only doing it in first person. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just, it would be just funny. Just to waste that time. <laughs> like, Jeff Goldblum insisted that he be mo even though we told him it was in first person. Okay, so third person. Third person. Okay, so here's another wild story element. Before they, before the aliens let jeff goldblum do their chores and delivery things and what what later happens is that he's actually delivering like this virus that turns people in more people into aliens but you don't find that out until later but they they take a picture of him to capture his soul and every any time he tries to escape or he gets hurt and dies or he like you know tries to just get out of the situation they go back to the photo and like revive him at his last like that's that's the save mechanic or like if you die you return because his soul is captured in the camera okay all right i like that and so he's going to deliver this virus so why why is the virus turning them into aliens though wouldn't it be like they'd be the virus would be like maybe they're trying to plague mankind yeah maybe or are they trying to slip them something that would ensure mankind's survival so that way their alien race is maybe they're, from they're the future. Maybe they're the last of their alien race Whoa, coming know. back in time. So they're like trying... anti heroes. What if it's a twist and that this Amish commune is actually the last of humanity and Jeff Goldblum is an alien? And everyone else, everyone else on Earth looks like Jeff Goldblum, and you only find that out at the very end when uh, he escapes. And another, and like a, he's on a highway, and then a truck stops, and another Jeff Goldblum gets out of the truck, and they just start going. Whoa! I'm into that. That's spoiler finds a spoiler way. alert, everyone. Death finds a way, so not even their attempts at shaping the future with their strengthening virus we'll call it <laughs> yes the so not even that virus. could prevent jeff goldblum's menacing attacks on humanity <laughs> so why is jeff goldblum eventually going to be the, the, the soul did he just like go mad and clone himself all of a sudden no he's like he, just, a, he just he just converted all of humanity to his form yeah yeah, because you never actually like body see. Snatchers. So maybe, yeah, maybe what happens is he's trying to thwart their plans because he doesn't know. He thinks what they're do what they're doing is infecting people, and so he tries to thwart their plan, ends up screwing it up, and then that's oh, the turning he ends point. Up creating yes, where they're because they like, say like there's some sort of disaster in the future, and yeah. we're trying to prevent it. And but he he thinks like they're lying or whatever, and then he yeah, ends yeah. up causing that disaster, which is all right. So we got. The, we got the real foundation for this outrageous. That's, I mean, tale. it's a great story. It's a great so story. So now we need the mechanics. We got third person. Third person. And then I feel like it should be a lot of exploration and almost like discovery missions. Yes, I lots was of that. 
What are you thinking? Is there going to be combat in this? I feel like with, cause he's like a photographer artsy guy. What kind of combat are we going to really work with? Well, he studied CrossFit. Okay. <laughs> so he's okay. I'll, he's I'll very hear good. you out. I'll hear you out for this. <laughs> I want to hear it. So he can lift heavy things. Okay. So when you come across like a tractor tire, he can move it. I I don't see combat factoring in that much. Yeah, I was thinking it more of like a stealth type of game. Or like, you know, when you're trying to uncover the truth against the aliens, it's stealth. But meanwhile, when you're just running their errands, it's not really stealth because you're going up and like conversing with people. So it'd be like, you know, narrative options. Like you'd be able to kind of structure the narrative to try to ask questions to figure out like what's going on. Lots of choice. Yes. There's, There's 34 different endings. Yep. Right. Jeff Goldblum recorded 150,000 lines of dialogue. <laughs> he sure did. He's a hard worker, that Jeff. I'm glad we got him for this project. Yeah. Uh huh. So we got some good mechanics here. Oh, we get some... But I think to bring the camera back into play is you yep. could be kind of like that game Fatal Frame, where you take pictures of ghosts and that kind of like banishes them. If the Am- if you get discovered by one of the Amish. If you take a picture of them, it'll drive them away because they'll think their soul is getting captured. So they'll yeah. that'll like temporarily like I do have to pause make them is that run. Actually, what the Amish like? <laughs> That's what I was told in middle school. <laughs> who, who knows what our middle school education? So I'd say we. I'd say we're gonna get like an Amish listener getting mad at us, but that's an oxymoron because. <laughs> They don't have electricity. Well, yeah, it's, well, they do do that thing when they're teenagers. They go off to the to like a big city. There was a show about that. Yeah, don't they do do that. that. Is this going to be yeah, the first as, as like thing a journey that a young Amish boy listens to? Is us? Oh, imagine that would actually be an interesting side plot in the game where like one of the teenagers is having like this coming of age thing where they do go to the city, but uh, you only see flashes of it. So you never really so that's that one person like finds out about all of the Jeff Goldblooms. And it's like a secret that only when you go on that journey you find out, oh my god, they're all Jeff Goldblooms. So they carry back that secret with them, and there's some sort of tie in there, which I haven't thought of yet. <laughs> we'll let the suits in Washington figure that yeah, out. Yeah, they'll figure the board will figure <laughs> that out. That's how you add in microtransactions. We'll, we'll fix yeah, it we'll in see. Oh yeah. Did it get we only ship it with twenty of the thirty-four endings. So then, <laughs> the DLCs, rest, the, yeah, DLCs. paid paid for DLC, uh, season pass. Okay, so exploration stealth, we have all that, and then so so what happens in the end? What's like the main ending? Obviously, there's thirty-four, but what is like the main one? He I'm, gets back. I imagine that there's somewhere it doesn't reveal that that the gold world is taken over by gold blooms. Yeah, if you just carry out their duties eventually they tell you because they they begin to trust you and then you're able to carry out the missions and you'll see that the world is actually flourishing and you're just the only jeff goldblum i think with that ending though he would have to die i think something would have oh, to absolutely. happen like he has he had to, been he, he died at the beginning of the game with paulie shore and it was all like a jacob's ladder scenario he was just imagining oh. it as he dies. That could be an ending for sure. That's, that's a, that has to be an oh. ending. This is good. Yes. I'm glad we settled on 34 ending choices because it and gives us some definitely, real flexibility. Yeah, and there's definitely one ending where you, they, the family that you've been with, they're like, okay, we we finally trust you to like 
show you the future you've created. And they send you, they have one use of this time machine for one person. And they send you to the future. So it's like Terminator time travel where it's just one Mm. way. Can't get back. Just one way. Good to know. And they send you to the future to... with with a communication device that you can send one message back to them with to see if this whole plan worked and you saved humanity and the aliens and you get there and something horrendous happens and you can only send back one message and you can either you can lie about it or you can tell them to the truth or and you have to pick one of those things and one of those options is death uh it finds a way yes and that's Credits. the end of the game. Oh, that's a secret ending. That's, that's good. That's got to be the tough ending. one. Tough that's ending. a five million dollar idea. That was really good. Mm-hmm. So actually, you know, I want to change it to instead of calling it Death Stranding, can we call it Jeff Stranding? <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Perfect. It's right Jeff in front Stranding. of our eyes. Oh. <laughs> it was. That was yes. Excellent. That was that was a fantastic just rant of <laughs> outrageous creativity. <laughs> Jeff, so good jeff stranding thank you paul jeff's jeff stranding really appreciate it and thank you everybody else for throwing out all of those great ideas that was a lot of fun really hoping that somebody picks that up because i mean how could you not and so if you have any jeff. opinions on our version of jeff stranding starring jeff goldblum and co-starring Polly shore for a short amount of time not a lot of time because let's face it nobody can handle that much Polly shore give us a call at 347-509-5620 or perhaps Pitch us your own quick tagline, and maybe we'll create a game for you as well. We'll cut you in for 10% of the sales. Before we get into the topic of the podcast, I do have to mention that the sponsor of the show is Nerdiest Brands. And if you don't know, Nerdiest Brands is a fantastic website that features products from vendors and designers from around the world, no matter the nerdy fandom. So if you'd like some rad nerdy gear, head on over to nerdiestbrands.com. That's nerdiest, N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S, brands.com. Back over to you, Matt. Well, now we're going to talk about the topic of the pod, where we're going to review some of the latest news on these consoles that are coming out for the next gen. Steve, I feel like you're most well-versed in the PS5 news, so perhaps you'd like to run that down. Yes, I would love to run that down. So this is really because the PS5 was the next-gen news that we got. The Xbox news was more for still this-gen, but it tied back to Matt mm-hmm. O, what you were saying on that podcast where you had brought up the discless console, and so here it's actually finally coming out, and we'll have some thoughts on that. But before we do, so the PS5, so this came, literally just dropped at like 5 in the morning Tuesday, yeah, it was so weird. And it was like a random interview with Wired.com and the articles by Peter Rubin. And this was Mark Kearney, who is like the lead designer on you know PlayStation, PlayStation 2, 3, 4. So he's also designing PlayStation 5. And it's literally exclusive what to expect from Sony's next-gen PlayStation. What a weird thing. Like, it came out of nowhere. and It's just so odd. Yeah, because it, it's very different from... Before I even get into the... the article, yeah. That's just, a good point. It's very different from how they've done this in the past, where they've been very showy. Like, they'll do, like, a little event and reveal it and talk about, you know, what's going to come. But this is kind of telling me that they still don't really have the designs locked in. They probably still aren't sure what they want to do for the controller or just the console uh, shell itself. And so they just wanted to get it out there before Xbox started talking, I guess. That's my only thing I can think of. Yeah. It's just weird. It I is. I don't know. It's just weird. It was a weird marketing choice for yeah. me. 
I uh, I don't know. Because like that was the thing is when it got released, I was like, what, what is this? And then I saw like PlayStation tweeted it. I was like, okay, so I guess this is legit. But like you had to kind of do a double take. You're like, okay, I guess this is actually, this is the specs. Like this is Mark uh, Kearney actually talking about this. It's not just like rumors of what people are hearing from people who have dev kits. So this was yeah. actually from the mouth of babes, as people say. Yeah. I don't know. I also, for me, I would have liked like, hey, check us out at this time on Twitch or whatever. Just because like, you know, I'm at work and like, I didn't have time to read it when when all this news came out. And like, usually if, if there's like a big announcement, I can sort of plan a little bit so that I at least catch some of it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just felt mixed about it overall. It's very impromptu. Yeah, and I think one of the main reasons why it was done this way is because it really is, like, word soup. Like, so much, mm, like, I don't yeah. know the ins and outs of what all this shit means. So I think in that format, it was probably delivered best in text because, like, say he That's did a good that, point. Where he's, like, on Twitch and Mark Kearney just starts spewing all this stuff out. We're all just gonna be like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Seven nanometers into microarchitecture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do you spin that in, like, a way that's, like, hype? sexy yeah, exactly like, and so i think seven nanometers long yeah at the, at the very least what this does is it gives the, the interviewer and the writer a chance to kind of provide a little bit more context around it to make it a little bit easier to digest so a little yep. bit from it and one of the things kearney says the key question is whether the console adds another layer to the sorts of experiences you already have access to or if it allows for fundamental changes of what a game can be and so he goes on to mention because really what it's talking about is it's using a much better version of like the AMD Ryzen. It's like the next in line for AMD Ryzen. And they're going to be using ray tracing. Ray tracing. I've learned a lot about ray tracing over the past two days because I kind of had to because I had no idea what the fuck that was. Basically, all it is it just makes like realistic lighting and it's an automated system. So it does it in real time as opposed to having developers needing to create those shadows manually. So... It makes games look better. And I saw a couple of side-by-side comparisons of, like, someone using ray tracing and someone not using ray tracing. It does look cool. And the the whole idea of it, it seems like, is it could possibly lead to less development time if you're basically now having the tools to run those types of simulations themselves. So that's a plus, and it sounds like it'll look cool. Focusing a lot on 8K, which... Mm. I get it. It's the flashy thing, but like right now we're still pretty much just getting into 4K. I understand that by the time this these consoles come out, 8K will be right around the corner. Like that's just the way that all that shit moves. But I've heard a lot of people talk about how they'd rather just focus on, you know, more frames per second. And I agree with that in the sense that mm. that's really where you'll see a difference because I've heard a lot of people bring up where it's just like do we really notice a difference? Like, are we, are our, 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 our eyes, excuse me, going to be able to pick up noticeable differences from like 4K to 8K? Like, can we really do that? So I, it was kind of weird that they went that route instead of like talking about any frames per second, but who knows? Maybe that's coming in the future. I will say backwards compatibility with PS4 is awesome. And they've confirmed that it's not going to be just a like PS4 Pro 2 or something like that. Like this is going to be, substantially better than what we're working with now and one of the things they talked about is the loading times and so since it's backwards compatible they're playing ps um, excuse me they're playing spider-man for ps4 on this system and they mentioned how fast travel 
on the PS4 now it takes like 15 seconds and on this it took 0.8 seconds to load up right, the next yeah, thing. So yeah, that, that's what that's got to me cool. pretty like Yeah, it's cuz they're that. finally trying to include a solid state drive, yeah. which like that's every PC neat. person is just like, "Hey, cool." amazon.com/ssd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is cool and it's nice that um there will be like a standard for console players to work off of where like oh now i know my game will just run really fast mm-hmm. you know well yeah it's, there's always been like the issue of like load times with consoles it's always kind of been like the big hang up for a lot of people so it's nice that that's being addressed i was watching the layman gaming episode of this and they were talking about how the folks from ubisoft with the division two had been asked like how come you don't have like horses or things so we can travel faster the world on they're like because you can't travel that fast to the world because the world doesn't render fast enough to look good mm. when you're traveling that fast. And it, that stuck out to me because when I've been playing the division two on my PS4 pro and the division two, it's a chungus of a gigabyte file. It's like a 90 gigabyte install. Wow. And so when I've been playing on the PS4 pro, I've noticed just walking through that. It takes a while for textures to load on my system. I don't know if anybody else has been experiencing that issue, but I personally have. And so I understand that developers run into that issue with the current, technology and so with the solid state drive and you know the things that they're trying to do it sounds like we could see some cool stuff and maybe cut down on some uh, development time and hope i mean because again I, i'm kind of speaking on my ass on that aspect but i'm just thinking if they have the tools to maybe take a little bit of a you know a load off their shoulders it, it could work better for not only us as gamers but the people who are making the games at a point that is a larger point, but I don't I don't know if I should talk about it now or after we review like Xbox really. Let's no, bring it up. I don't know. I was thinking about like all the console news and stuff and I was trying to like process it and I was like I just thought to myself on the train today, I was like, I don't think I'm going to really ever be excited about a console in the way I was excited about a console growing up. Like I was excited about Xbox, about xbox 360 i was probably most excited about xbox 360 about anything because xbox i didn't really know what i was getting into and then i was like so hyped about the 360 coming out um after that and what else gamecube we had which was really fun and then like as i've gotten older like the only thing that's really excited me since then has been the switch because it's so different than traditional consoles as i think of them which are like the thing you put under the TV and you mm-hmm. grab a controller and you sit on the couch and you play it. And I don't know if that's just a product of me getting older and like thinking about, oh, I have like, I already have a b- backlog of games. Like buying a console just adds to that. Like, I don't know. I feel, I feel like my bucket is full in terms of what I, what I can play. Mm-hmm. And I'm perfectly like acceptably happy with just having a PC. Cause I feel like, of video games come out on that. Like, Sony has a ton of exclusive, yes. But, like, any game that's going to come out on Xbox is, like, I'd say most likely going to come out on PC just Mm -hmm. because, like, Microsoft, Especially with the the Halo news for me personally. Like, that's the only real Xbox, like, title that I'm kind of, like, even remotely invested in. And now I hear that that's that's coming on the PC. It's like, like, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah and good. too with the way that Xbox is moving where they're going a focus on their cloud gaming because I saw that they were playing yeah. um, Destiny and Crackdown 3 on their was it like the Mobile X Cloud I think it's called 
I could be wrong on that. I'm not sure, but they were test running that and it, it was looking all right. So they're, they're definitely trying to switch and with their cross play with Nintendo and games pass coming to Nintendo switch, you can see that they're kind of shifting their focus and we can kind of look at that with their discless yeah. e- Xbox is that they are kind of focusing on, you know, a shift in what they're doing fundamentally. Whereas That's I don't think, point. I don't think Sony is, I think with this, they're like, Hey, you can now, you know, play your PS4 games on this and just you can you can get a better experience with them and you can play all the PS5 games and I'm imagining we're going to see games that'll be released for both systems. Like I'm I'm guessing The Last of Us 2 and Death Stranding will both be like two of those games that kind of release close together uh-huh. in the sense that a release like at the end of this cycle beginning of next cycle so they'll come out on both systems. But I'll also look at how they're saying like keep the current PSVR and that'll work with PS5. And they're saying, we're going to keep the disk drive in there. Like, we want you to still have physical copies. So Sony's trying to do these things where they're focusing on the current gen and, you know, appeasing the the, kind of how we game currently while they're still kind of moving towards the future. It's weird how you see all them doing different things. Yeah, it's interesting. I read something that, like, you know, people were looking at the specs and they were like, this is going to be expensive. That's what I, yeah. Because they didn't say price. It'll because I'm very interested in that because I I really think like you know Phil Spencer and his whole thing is like you know everyone should be able to to game right and we know that Xbox is having those two or potentially like two versions yep. of a next gen console and one of them will likely be you know as far as a console goes like fairly cost effective I'd imagine I I would yeah I would also imagine. And like, it, I mean, looking at the specs of this is like, doesn't seem that that's the direction Sony's going in, which I think is also interesting because it's like, well, here we're going to offer a bunch of exclusive games. We're going to offer like this console that's very expensive. Like when I look at my financials, like if that's that direction they're going in, like PS5 is not going to be on my list. Whereas if you would have asked me like six months ago when I like really wanted to play god of war like really i was ready to buy a ps4 like i was very close to buying one and like i'm not going to but (laughs) but like well my dad got one for christmas but um thinking about next gen like if you ask me oh are you gonna get a ps5 if you ask me in that same time frame i would be like absolutely yes but if the cost is like significant like no, I'm not. I'm probably I'll just buy stuff to upgrade my PC, you yeah, know? Yeah, Spend the same point. amount of money on my PC and be able to play the games at ultra quality that are coming out that year. So apparently there was a quote from that interview that was dropped from the final product. And so on IGN, this was by Joe mm. Screbbles, mm. he got the actual drop quote. And what it is is Ruben and asked Kearney whether the PS five would be set around the launch price range of recent consoles. And Kearney's answer was a little enigmatic. I believe that we will be able to release it at an SRP, suggested retail price, that will be appealing to gamers in light of its advanced feature set. So obviously it's saying something without saying anything. Tiptoes. A lot of tiptoes there. (laughs) I genuinely think this doesn't sell for more than 500. I think 500 is their cap. Because I think they realized the stark difference between launch ps3 and launch ps4 because launch ps3 launches at 600 fucking dollars launch ps4 goes for 400 dollars xbox one goes for 500 dollars 
we can see the giant difference in sales and obviously the ps4 definitely had the help because they actually had games to play and it was a comparable machine to the xbox one again the xbox one x is currently the most powerful machine out there other than a pc but i think they don't want to mess with that because they Mm, can mm -hmm. again like i don't know their bottom line I'm just guessing that they think that they can probably make up that difference in terms of game sales, subscription sales, because they keep focusing on PS Now, their their subscription service. I think they're going to focus, too, with this PS VR integration on PS5, because who knows like how much more it will be or if they provide any advancements to the PS VR technology. But there are more sales chances. And, I mean, PS VR has sold 4 million units. Like, that's pretty impressive for... Well, I guess what some people might consider like, ah, it's just like a throwaway VR thing. It's like, it, it sells. So I can't see them going any higher than 500. I, I mean, again, like I get it. This is, a, this is expensive equipment, but you know, they always kind of like cut corners when they're trying to develop game consoles because they need to hit those price points. It's very curious though. Like that is, that's the one thing I'm very, mm-hmm. very interested to see as we move yeah. forward. But again, it's going to be a while, I guess, because they they guaranteed not coming out this year, which I'm getting, we all saw coming. I've been saying, I think, 2020. I know that they said back in 2018, they said a three-year plan, so they're aiming for 2021. If Xbox goes to market in 2020, I wouldn't be surprised if PlayStation's like, we can probably try to get there. Yeah, I, I heard a lot of stuff that it's probably 2020. Yeah, seven I mean, years yeah. after 2013. So, like, oh that's God. pretty much the cycle. So it's been a long time, man. It's been a good generation. <laughs> but that actually brings up the point because you had mentioned, you know, one of the new Xboxes is going to be, like, a cost-effective thing. So they make their discless Xbox One, which is just an Xbox One S. It's the X- Xbox One S all digital. <laughs> so I'm sure you've seen by now all the memes calling it the Xbox Sad Edition. <laughs> And so it's selling for $250. So it comes with Minecraft, Sea of Thieves, and Verizon. Uh, Verizon. Forza Horizon. Oh, <laughs> and wow. Forza Horizon oh. 3 pre-installed. But the thing is, you can buy, like, bundles with better games and a disk drive for that price or cheaper currently. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that was systems. the weird thing. I, I Yeah, that they said, like, oh, it'll be uh, price marked $50 lower than, like, the S. And it's like, but you can buy s and bundle with a bundle for 200 for the same price yeah i was very curious as to why they priced it that way <laughs> yeah they didn't seem to have like a rational reason for why that is so that because that i think it's interesting because matt you had mentioned like ideally like this all streaming model would be more cost effective but so they say like their next generation they do the same thing they have you know they have an optical drive one then they have just a streaming only one and then the price really isn't that much different. Well, I don't know. That doesn't make much sense. Because I feel like this is... Like, right... I mean, right now they release this. Because even yeah. still, you can probably get on sale an Xbox One X for like $400 these days. Right. Well, Because I know retail is still 500 but there are constantly sales for these types of things. So, yeah. I, I, like, I get that they wanted yeah, to get this out there. A lot of weird decisions for marketing teams like, lately, huh? why? Maybe to control some of the news cycle. Like, maybe they didn't want Sony getting all the hubbub i don't know no no i can see that i understand why they announced it i'm just i'm just saying why did they make I, it for like why know, even bother know, making it this late who, in the who gen knows? cycle like why not yeah, i don't know that's a little maybe they just weird. have money floating around yeah. and because i did not expect expect this yeah 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 
because when they were mentioning they were because they were talking about this with the next gen stuff they had brought up like we're gonna make you know a streaming only one so i thought that was for all next gen i didn't know that they were actively going to make an xbox one s as just like discless because because i've heard from a lot of people i mean maybe these things have just been in development for a while and they're like well we just got to get it out of the way like this is like maybe the test bed could be yeah that to see like discless yeah, That's who wants to actually get these? Yeah, it's so interesting too, because like, my my PC is discless. I don't I don't have a CD drive in my PC. It's like, oh my God, it's literally the same thing. Like all consoles are just computers. Yeah, same here. <laughs> well, it's it's a computer for someone who really doesn't want to put in like the investment, or if you're really thinking of like building your own, putting in all of that time mm-hmm. and effort and money to like get something truly like worthwhile and you're just like i would rather just get a console have everything i need and it'll yeah. be just fine oh yeah and, and it'll Ease be like access. a fraction fraction of the price we're we're I understand the appeal like the idea of a console growing up was so i'm just going to this is all educated guessing and prophesizing consoles were partly i think so appealing because as kids but also as a generation growing up with a lot of these technological advances we had no idea what was going on with computers or cell phones or facebook like we had no idea like these things were coming out as we were growing up but i feel like now you have a whole generation of kids that are literally like playing a triple a video game on their fucking cell phones like they are way more technologically advanced than we were at their age so like sons of bitches if i don't know i i guess in my head like a console is less appealing to those folks as they grow up and become like you know in their 20s our age because like they've grew they've grown up with all this technology that we didn't have and so like Maybe, like, building a PC or, or just buying a PC with, like, good specs is just is way easier to them than it is for us currently or was a few years ago for us. And so, those are my brain thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Does that make sense? Good brain thoughts. <laughs> like, sort of makes sense, right? <laughs> no. I just feel yeah, like technology is so I, much I more accessible. Say, uh, and yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, I definitely get gaming. you. I was going to say, like, a... a well, like a part of it was like when you were young, like mm-hmm. a lot of households, you know, maybe you had a computer, maybe maybe you didn't have like a computer. Yeah, but if everyone there was a computer used it in your house. Uh, it was true. like the family computer. It wasn't your. It wasn't. It wasn't your <laughs> computer. It wasn't just yeah. be like I'm just gonna go on a computer for six hours and play games. It's like so when you got a console, that was yours. I'm gonna play. It was like for I'm gonna go in the basement and I'm gonna play on you know PS2. Yeah, I'm just going to go right, in the basement right, right, right. and do that and play on my console. Even though, you know, parents bought it. It's not really yours, but, like, you got to send like my work was emails. Wasn't like, yeah. okay, you're on the computer, and someone's like, okay, get off. I got to I gotta work on that. Well, like, now, because, like, okay, we're, like, I made my own, com- like, I bought, you know, the parts. I built the computer. Like, now it's it's my computer. Yeah. Like, I don't, it's not like I'm taking someone else away from this. Or, like, you know, someone else needs to use this, or someone needs to watch the TV, someone, whatever. It's like, okay, this is mine now. Most kids I know, and I'm, 
this is me speaking from my sister being a middle school teacher who teaches kids from very mixed, diverse backgrounds. Like most every kid has a cell phone, like an advanced cell phone, like the one sitting on my desk. And like yeah. also most kids have their own personal computer or laptop too. Again, that's like going back to the technology of the time. I mean, we're basically like PhD students in this conversation. Like, Where's I, our degree? Yeah, I didn't have because... a, I didn't have a laptop till I was in yeah. So I'm actually on the opposite end of you guys on this one is because I still do get excited for the new PlayStation consoles. And really my excitement especially yeah. has built up for this because of how great the PS4 was. Like I absolutely love my PS4. I've had so many awesome games. And I'm even now just playing one of the better PS4 games that, I mean, people have said it's a great PS4 game. I'm still undecided because I keep getting my ass kicked in it, but I am finally experiencing Bloodborne for the first time. And so I'm having a good time with that, even though the fucking cleric beast, I had him to like this this much health. He had like no health left and then he fucking stomped me and I died and I was very upset. I haven't played it since. It's my relationship with Hollow Knight game too. Does. There it is. There, uh, there's the wall. There's the no, I've loved the PS4 this whole generation. Like they've had great games. It, it was so much different than what the PS3 was, like in terms of interface, connectivity, like everything was just smoother. The, the games looked better. Everything was just, you know, turned up to 10. So the fact that like PS5 is kind of going this ambitious route, and again, we don't know what the next gen of Xbox is looking like. I imagine it'll probably look very similar. I can't imagine that Sony has just like they just have a monopoly on all this information to make these better consoles. So I'm guessing Xbox will look very similar in this idea. But the one thing that I know Sony still has going for it is great exclusives. And I know we're going to oh, see sure. Horizon Zero Dawn 2 for PS5. We're going to see The Last of Us Part 2 probably on both PS4 and PS5. and Because it reminds me very much of The Last of Us Part 1 where it released the, in 2013 for PS3. And then PS4 comes out in 2013, and then it released for PS4 the next year. So I can see them doing the same thing. I can see Death Stranding being a dual system launch as well. You know they're going to do another God of War, and that'll be on PlayStation. Like, we still have so many other good games that, they, that they're working with. So I still do get that, like, kind of childlike excitement. I'm like, oh, shit, a new console's coming out, because I'm, I'm curious to see at this point, like, how much better can it get? And I know, like, PCs can do some amazing things if you're willing to pay, like, you know, a decent amount of money for one. So, again, I'm curious to see what this is going to cost, but I'm also very curious to see, like, how games are going to play on it. Because from this brief little bit we've heard, it sounds promising. Yeah, and also to clarify my statement, too, I guess I, w I wasn't saying that, like, um, people can't get excited about the PS4 or PS5 or, or shouldn't, but more oh, that, yeah. like, I think my point is more that, like, technology is at its most accessible i'd say like it's ever been right for everyone so oh, yeah. i feel like mm -hmm. the part of the yeah. appeal of consoles to the entire audience is diminished because of that i agree because it's just easier to turn a kid on to yeah. fortnite mobile and then lose them forever. that's a big brain statement Big brain ideas on the Plus One Player <laughs> podcast. Big brain. So do we have any any closing thoughts on now that we have some nope. concrete evidence of these, of, at least one of these next-gen consoles? On, on what I was talking about. <laughs> I have nothing big, left. Big, yeah. big brain, big brain spent uh, no more thought. That was fun, though. I mean, 
it was it was a little bit of information, but it's cool that you know we got a little bit of concrete evidence on things that we speculated on. So it's fun to see that like we're getting towards that next step of like the next generation. So I'm excited. I'm I'm curious to see what Xbox will drop at E3 because I'm imagining they're gonna go you know all out for their E3 press conference since all eyes will be on them. So again, really looking forward to what's to come this year. But if you guys have any thoughts on the PS5 announcement. If you're going to buy one, is it a day one you know, purchase for you? Are you going to wait on it? What are you going to do? Give us a call, 347-509-5620. If you got some big brain thoughts. We'd love to hear them. We'd love big brain thoughts. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's move on to Indie Spotlight. As always, Indie Spotlight is sponsored by Evil Tim Industries. Evil Tim Industries, creating a brighter future tomorrow. One of the most recent projects that Evil Tim Industries is working on is a time travel device to send future people into the past to live with local communities and learn about their uh, ways of life and cultures. A side effect of this has been a rampant uptick in the number of Jeff Goldblums. <laughs> Evil Tim Industries, building a brighter future yesterday. For tomorrow. Mm. Evil Tim Industries could be behind. Evil Tim. The entire plot of Jeff Stranding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the endings. Plus one player game. It'll be a plus one player game produced by Evil Tim Industries. All right. Well, Indie Spotlight, who wants to start out? Well, what is Indie Spotlight, you might ask viewers at home? It is where we spotlight some indie games that you may not have heard of that we've been playing that we think more people should know about. That's why we're putting a spotlight on it. Okay, well, I've been playing, and by I've been playing, I mean I've been playing, I've played 108 minutes of this $5 game on Steam called Islanders. Let me try and explain it. So it is a minimalist city builder game. So for anyone who wants like a really calm game to play for like you know i i think my sessions max are usually around 30 minutes so like anyone that wants to play a super calm game and chill for like 20 to 30 minutes and is turned off by oftentimes the like complexity of most city builders where there's like a shit ton of micromanagement this is your intro into city building games or just like your really chill game to play no, that when you want like 20 minutes to just hang out with a video game. Islanders is uh, built, uh, you know, developed by and published by Grizzly Games, which as far as I can tell, this is their, I think they have one other game on Steam that was released a few years ago. But if you've watched the like video about Islanders, you can hear the guy talk about it. It's, it's great. He's like brutally honest about what it is. Um, and basically, you have a certain number of points that you have to reach before you can move on to your next island. All the islands are randomly generated. And basically, you place buildings, and you either get bonuses or or minuses of points based on what buildings that building is next to. So, like, all of the, all of the houses get bonuses if they're next to other houses or next to parks. If you put a circus, it gets more points if it's next to houses. If you put it next to mansions, it gets minus points because rich people don't like the circus. There's like, it's very weird. There's like <laughs> monuments you can put. Um, there's resource gathering that you can put. 
Um, but you don't have to worry about any anything else other than the points that you're earning. And once you fill up your bar or your little circle in the corner with points, you are able to choose from two uh, new types of buildings or new like packages of buildings. Um, you just click on it, then you get all of those buildings, uh, and you can place those on your on your island. And the same thing, it just repeats over and over again. Uh, if you ever, you know, you use up all your buildings and you don't hit that point total, that's when the game ends. Say you do, you keep going, you hit your points, you hit your points, then a new island opens up for you, and you can either keep building on the one that you are on, or you can go to the next island whenever you want, and you're given a completely fresh slate. Each island, as far as I've played, has had like a totally different vibe from the one before it. Your buildings change colors. All of the buildings do are the same. So I feel like once you learn like the pattern of buildings you're building, it can get a little stale. But like I feel like that's the harshest critique I could give, being as it's like a five dollar game. And I've played like I've played right, right. two hours of it, you know? Like I think any game that is like five dollars and I've played two hours and have enjoyed it a hundred percent like oh my god is that like a worthwhile investment right so man you're a big city builder yeah. fan oh, so yeah. if it's striking if you know if it's scratching that itch that's pretty impressive yeah and it's also like super entry so you know it, it almost feels in a way like a really really good mobile game that you can just play on pc so i really nice. you know if you're looking to chill for even just 20 minutes and just like build a nice little island with some nice little buildings and like, you know, manage some points. I highly recommend a five dollar investment for this game. Totally worth it. Yeah, I feel like if you get over if you get over two hours of enjoyment out of like a five dollar game, it's even if it. I never pick up this game again, totally worth it. Five dollars <laughs> is the cost of a coffee in New York City in the morning. That's my indie spotlight game islanders on steam grizzly games check it out purchase it support them small developer highly recommend nice mine's not mine's kind of diverging from the format because uh i didn't really play that many indie games <laughs> uh in, in the past week aside from risk of rain which we've already talked about at length but i did want to talk about a game that i, I am planning on playing though Ooh, it's okay. yeah uh it's called superland Oh, I've seen that. I also want to play it. Yes, I have. Yeah, mm. I've been looking into that for a little bit now, and I'm def- And I think that's going to be my next pickup. But it looks absolutely Tell lovely. Tell me about it. So it's like basically the the world takes place in like a kid's like play. Like it's like a sandbox sort of like area, but you're basically playing like a toy in his little imaginary world. So you're walking around this sort of like area and there's all these like you're this little like sort of like stick figure sort of clay man and you're kind of going on these sort of adventures and there's like in this like miniature world so there's all this like you know life-size stuff there's like a big you know compass or whatever and it's all this stuff built with like little blocks and everything and you're kind of just walking around this world exploring it solving puzzles and there's like little enemies you have to beat up and like as you go along you know you get money you use that to buy abilities you use it to buy new weapons and upgrades and these all allow you to explore the world further and it's just it has a very very unique look to it 
Nice. And that's that's one thing I, I appreciate is, is when games take like a, a a nice a lot of liberties with their sort of artistic direction. And this right, looks right. very this looks very cool, and it looks and it's just looks very mm-hmm. very chill. I guess if I had to use the word, it's just it looks like a game I can just just play for hours and not get stressed and just relax and sort of enjoy this this cute little world these nice. guys made. But uh, that's that's what I'm going to be checking out. So I'll have a more comprehensive <laughs> uh, opinion of it, hopefully, in the future. But this is the one I think I'm going to nice. be checking out next. Perhaps he'll write an article on plusoneplayer.com. That old website we got. <laughs> that old, old. good old website. Nice. Steven, do you have any? I have one, yeah. So this is actually one where it's kind of going back to uh, a nice little interview we had at PAX East with Josh Jacobs of Stump Hub, Stumphead Games. Excuse me. And he's the creator of Super Chrome. And so, as you guys have have known, I, I met him at Fake Fest where we chatted a little bit and played Super Chrome. And then we played a little bit more at PAX East. And so, it is on early access in Steam right now. I think it's for like two bucks. Pretty affordable. And they're still working on it. They said that it's probably going to come out like either sometime next year. They didn't really. <laughs> he basically said either beginning of next year or end of next year. So, look at, for it in 2020. But. For early access, it's still very fun. It's basically like a mix of like an old arcade, maybe like, you know, Space Invaders meets Galaga meets a bullet hell. So you're this little like rocket ship and you need to shoot through all the enemies and like they will just be blasting all types of ammo at you and it kind of goes through like little patterns on the screen and you have a uh, basically like a dodge button, but it's almost like a a zap button where like you kind of zip right through so you're able to kind of dodge the um the enemy fire that way so that way you can actually go through it without getting hit because you need to use it a lot you can't just like move your directional um stick in whatever direction you want because it eventually gets too chaotic so it always keeps you on your toes it's very fast paced but it's also one of those things where you can either get addicted and just like keep playing through the levels because again there's only a handful of levels out right now there are a couple of bosses out and the bosses are always cool because they provide like the color in the game because it's mostly like black and white but the, the bosses are all very colorful so it's really one of those games where you can kind of get lost and just kind of keep playing through for a few hours at a time or if you just want to like pick up and go through like a quick level you can do that too like if you don't have a lot of time uh, it's very like i said fast paced it's you got to be quick you always have to be paying attention and the visuals are really cool. Like, that's one of the things uh, that's really impressive, especially because it's literally just a two-person team. It's, you know, Josh making the game, and then he has uh, another person on his team who's making the music for it. So it's literally just two people, and Josh makes it in his part-time. So, like, he has a full-time job and then makes this on the side. So for early access, $2, like you said, where if you can spend, you know, $2 or $5 and get a good amount of Mm -hmm. enjoyment when you pick it up then it's definitely worth it i would definitely recommend this uh for that entry price for sure and like i said if you enjoy those kind of like bullet hell type games and if you are like me who really enjoyed games like galaga growing up then this is something that can really scratch a couple of itches for sure nice so if any of you folks have any indie games that you've been playing that you could recommend to us because we're always looking for new games to play, give us a call at 347-509-5620. So that has been the Indie Spotlight. It has. So with that, I do think it is time that we start to wind down episode 76. So if you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode we produce, head on over to whatever podcast service you listen to us on, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Pocket Cast, whatever it is, 
leave us a like, subscribe to us, write us a review. It goes a long way, and we really appreciate the support. And like I said earlier, if you've enjoyed this or anything else we produce, head on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. And if you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two, because every dollar you give us will go right back to the show to make it the best podcast it could possibly be. Come on and join that awesome group of Patreon supporters, because we'd love to have you. So episode 76 is coming to a close. We hope you have enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed making it for you. And as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you. And we will talk to you all very soon. Five dollars is the cost of a coffee in New York City in the morning. And I drink that for... What is the cost of a coffee in New York City in the afternoon? $5. Well, my coffee is is $4.08 okay. in Bread's Bakery on 14th and uh, not 14th, 15th between Union Square and Fifth Avenue. I feel like you just kind of slipped into like Don and D right there for a second. <laughs> just Bread's Bakery. I take the cute train. Me and the girls. <laughs> <Huh>? Donna? <laughs> um. <laughs>